0: Thank you for joining us on a More Elite Podcast with Tony May. Morley Podcast is purpose-built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. And More Elite Podcast builds community so individuals can improve their community. Welcome to this week's Amorley Podcast from Ranger for Life. We've got a little bit of departure from our normal guests. Generally, we'll have a veteran sharing their experience and what they're doing, giving back. Today, we have a very special friend that we've made over the past couple of years through nonprofit work, Ms. Bernadette Catalana. And Bernadette, you saw that title slide. How many different titles did we have on there? We had, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I love it, right? You're, you're, it's funny. Lawyer's in there, but it's not first or second. It, it's, it's, a, it's around there. But I want to lead this off. We'll get to that. But I want to lead off this holiday edition with tell us what y'all are doing and the inspiration to try to help the homeless population of veterans in New York City.
1: Hi, Tony. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, I am live from New York City, uh, the city that never sleeps and, and a city that has um, a, a large, large homeless population. So so is telling telling you before the show, uh, I'm, I'm not a native girl from New York City. I grew up in upstate New York. And for those who aren't from New York, upstate, and downstate as we call it are two very different places so i grew up in in right around binghamton new york in a very small town called endicott and then i got married and i moved to rochester a little bit bigger a little bit bigger city but still a very very small small place raised my children there and in 2017 uh, i moved to new york my daughter, Carly, had been here since college. My um, younger daughter, Courtney, is a professional dancer, and she had just finished up with a ballet company in the Midwest and was moving to New York and, and dancing here. So it, the the opportunity was right for me to relocate to New York. You saw in the list of things, my list of titles, I think I had mother first. Yes. And yes, regardless sir. of the fact that my kids are grown up, you know as as most parents feel like that's our that's our first job job one so i had the opportunity to work in new york i got an apartment here in 2017 and worked part time here until the beginning of 2019 and one of the things that was hard to to make the transition to New York because it really is a big transition to living in New York City. It's not just uh, tiny apartments. It's not just uh, you know shortage of space. It's it's not just that. I would say one of the biggest adjustments I made was seeing so many homeless people on the street, and I noticed that those who are native New Yorkers uh, were pretty good at averting their eyes, at walking by. And that's not a judgment on on them, because it is hard to live here. It It is hard just to get from point A to point B. And people are in a hurry. They're dependent largely on public transportation. It can be really tough. It's also overwhelming. There are so many people on the street that you can't help everybody but i talked to my girls about it and i said geez you know i i don't want to get used to this i don't want to get good at averting my eyes but but what can we really do so we decided as a family that we were going to start a project and we call it we care new york city and it's you know the the title is really just a reaction Uh, I saw one day a man standing opposite of Rockefeller Center and he was obviously homeless. He had a blanket wrapped around him and he was just screaming, does anyone care? Does anybody care? And I thought, yeah, we care. We care. And that's how our project was born. So anybody who came to our house for that Thanksgiving they they came armed with socks, with hats, with uh, toothbrushes that were preloaded with toothpaste. Anything we could think of. We did some research to mm-hmm. find out, you know, what do people on the street need? And and uh, clean socks is is still the number one on that list. And we packed them up, and we've been doing that ever since. So, just Saturday. Uh, I got up in the morning and first thing I did was I figured out what supplies do I have and how many bags can I pack so that when I leave the house, I have uh, plenty with me. I just put them in my backpack. And as I'm doing my errands and traveling about my day, I make sure that I give them out. And and I and I have to say, I never return home with extras. I I am able to give all of them out at any given time. So... It's pretty. Um, it's pretty humbling, but it's important.
0: I bet. And so, you know, New York City is also a very charitable city uh, as well. I mean, yes, there is that rush, but I mean, very caring. There's there's a lot of churches. I know that the Catholic Church is a is a huge part of the development of that city. You've been doing this now for a few years, and 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 you've been doing it with your family now, friends, and mm-hmm. it is. I wouldn't call it grassroots because it's not that you're necessarily trying to grow it into some thing, it's that that's what you do. Is that how you find the balance to be able to to kind of cope with work and still be able to care on the on the one to one uh, relationship that, that you kind of develop with some of these individuals?
1: Well, how I look at it, um, I mean, there are times where I literally am overwhelmed. I will go out and I will see so many people in, in need and I and it, it breaks my heart. And I had one particular such moment um, in the wintertime this year, in fact, and I had, you know, quite a few packages in my backpack and I was going, you know, just going about my Saturday errands. And I thought, wow, I saw one woman in particular just, you know, all stretched out on the sidewalk. She looked so frail. She was so cold. And I thought, gosh, I I I feel like I'm putting out a fire with a thimble. You know, Mm -hmm. how are these things that I'm offering helping anybody? I happened to get on the subway to go home and I had still had a few bags in, in my backpack man got out, got on the subway and he just, similar, similar mantra, does anyone care? Does anyone have anything? I am starving, I'm so hungry. And, you know, when you're in a subway car, everybody, you know, the focus is on this man who's, who's losing it a little bit. And I just, you know, took a breath and I said, you know, I have something and I offered him, we, we, we pack everything in a gallon bag. And I said, I have some things you might be able to use. And I reached over and I handed it to him and he got very calm and he looked at it and he said, wow, this is filled with lots of things I can use. Thank you. And it really diffused the situation. But what really got my heart was there was a man with a young boy next to him obviously father and son and he looked at me and said do you have any more of those and i did so i i got them out of my bag i handed them each a bag and the son he was maybe about nine years old there was a hat there was gloves you know there were all you know things to eat and all those other other essentials that we pack in the bags And he was joyful. This little boy was joyful at the sight of a hat. And I had to get off the subway train. I I was crying and I thought, you know what? I don't have to save the world. We don't have to save the world. If we make the day better for just one person, we're doing what we're called to do. And, And we're getting so much back from it. I mean, I feel like I get more that I give. That's why I do it. That's why my family is committed to doing this.
0: Well, that's so wonderful. And you said, have you brought some folks in, some friends like are they they know what you're doing? And I would think managing this with your schedule, although a labor of love, as you said, it it can cause a, a little bit of stress, but just those moments seem like it makes it all worth it
1: my friends and my family are wonderful they all know that i do this and that my girls do it and they will you know i'll have i have one friend in particular i i work with him he's he's a work call co- long time work colleagues and anytime he comes to new york he'll hand me a hundred dollar bill and he'll say go go buy some stuff for your bags and and i have several generous friends that do that, or they donate things. And, and like, um, your organization sent me through Sarah, a case of t-shirts. And that was, uh, that item was really well received. It, it really, uh, I, I ended up running into a gentleman that I had given a t-shirt to, um, uh, one of the gallant few t-shirts. And I ran into him probably a few weeks later, Courtney and I were walking down the street and uh, I said, oh, you're wearing the T-shirt. That's great. I'm so glad. And, and he stopped. We had a great conversation. He is a veteran. He's somebody that I've spoken to over over the past several years. And he said, you don't know what it means to have a clean shirt, to be able to put a clean shirt on. So, again, these um, these moments are moments for me um that are very humbling because it makes me realize how how much i have to be grateful for how much my family and friends have to be grateful for and that there are so many people out there that that don't are not in the same position they don't they don't have the support that we have
0: this nature that kind of led led you to doing this in 2017, coming to the city, this, this isn't something from your background, it sounds like that that just developed as part of, I moved to New York City, I kind of saw this issue, you know, let's get back to when we said look at that title, title picture, um, as we opened up today, you know, mother first lawyer, Um, you've had a podcast, You're active on issues where you think that your knowledge and influence um, can add value to others. So let's go backtrack then. So when did this kind of start? Was this something with with the parents and and just wanting to be involved or are are you a gap fixer? Like if you see that gap and you know that you can build a bridge, you're going to start with a brick or how did how did that come about for you?
1: Well, I'm I, I'm one of seven children, so right there, you know, I think there's an awareness of a shortage of resources when you're one of seven kids. You know, everybody's vying for uh, everyone's vying for something, mostly food, right? Um, being number six, you know, you're you're definitely low on the, on the totem pole. But I, I I think that just as a parent raising kids, one thing that you do realize is that uh, there are so many, there's so many talented kids out there. I mean, everyone thinks their kid, oh, he could be a soccer star. She could be a ballet star. I mean, my daughter had a, a my younger daughter had a wonderful dancing career um, and really enjoyed it. My older daughter, Carly, extremely talented, beautiful. I mean, these, these girls had everything. And also as a parent, you know, you think about that um, I want them to have every opportunity. But you also get to a point where you realize, you know, what what does the world really need? The world needs good people. And we need to lead our kids to show them the importance of giving back to the community. So, um, yeah, I think part of it I learned just growing up in a big Catholic family, you know, being aware that others uh, may not have as much as we had, even though we were all fighting for that last uh, scrap of food uh, around the table. But we knew we were lucky; we had each other. And I think I've carried that sense of service with me uh, as as I've as I've grown, as I've grown as a mother, and also seeing my kids grow up and realizing that. You know, they are good people. I see that compassion in them and I'm more proud of that than than anything. I'm proud that they are good, kind people. And I feel confident that as they continue their lives, that they will bring their children up to be good, kind people. And we need we need more of that in the world.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, I- Talk about a holiday message, right? I mean, isn't sometimes when we look at veteran struggles, you, you, there's a term used, veteran isolation. Um, but really, I think that affects all of society. And we, we can see that, I think, through the mental health statistics and, and some of the studies that are out there. We, we are not about community anymore. It is not how your life fits, not just to make your fellow man's or woman's life better, but you are actually a part of something, regardless of your family background. And you were meant to be here to do something that adds value. Totally feel like that's a little bit um, lost now. You, you are a lawyer, right? Pretty straight shooter, pretty, pretty blunt, would need to be with your interpersonal skills, but you can get to the point. I've been on the receiving end of that before, in a good way, candor, some candor but becoming a lawyer it wasn't all about the idea of being a lawyer and in the and in the, in the income it was also take taking care of your family right and then applying your skill set i thought i think that's a very interesting story of how you kind of came into the field and have grown and you stayed in the field as well
1: yes i i was telling you prior, prior to going on the air that i actually you know didn't even know that i wanted to go to college i wanted to be a hairdresser to be honest with you and i have four older sisters who are very vocal and they said nope you got to go to college you're smart so i really reluctantly uh, went and got a four-year degree got married six months after i graduated had a baby the next year had another baby the following year but in between baby one and baby two i thought boy how can I figure out a way to still further my life, um, be home while these kids are little, um, and use use my, my skill set because they're going to need they're going to need money. I'm going to need money to support these kids and uh, get them through college. So I thought, well, I'm a good writer. Uh, I think lawyers need to be good writers. I mean, literally, I didn't even have a single lawyer in my family. Most of the lawyers that I know knew growing up, oh, yeah, I always wanted to be a lawyer. That was never me. Um, I just I I knew I was a good writer and I thought, oh, well, maybe I could make that work. So by the time um, I had Courtney, actually, the day I came home from the hospital, I had my acceptance into law school. So we went to law school with my two girls, one under each arm, and uh, it was really Goodness it was a great gracious. experience. Was a
0: great I mean, experience. It, it, give me the ages again at that time. Then you're talking. Well, um,
1: I deferred for a year. Smart so move.
0: <laughs> Understandable. I, I
1: deferred for one year, and so when I started, Courtney was one, and Carly was two.
0: Definitely so they don't were- want to be nursing. Don't want to be nursing in in, in in a in a law school lecture. I would not think. Probably, <laughs> I. So yeah. wh- how were you able to manage? I mean, I would think, you know, persistence, one. But uh, just was it were you always good managing your time with the family help? How did you make it through something like that?
1: You know, I, I was really lucky. Um, my girls were angels. They were very good sleepers and oh, I nice. literally would put them to bed at 730 and they would sleep until 630 the next morning. Uh, and, and I would do homework. So once they went to bed, I would do homework until midnight. And that was my routine. And it, so it wasn't so much, I, I say to people, it really wasn't hard. It was a lot of discipline. I just had to be disciplined. I didn't watch a television show for basically three years, um, which is fine. There's, there's nothing good on TV really anyway. Um, nothing, nothing better than what I was doing. And um, I, I, yeah, so a lot of it. Yeah, I guess I I should give myself a little bit of credit. I'll take a teeny bit of credit, but really, my girls were angels. Uh, they were they were easy kids. I didn't have colicky babies, and they um, they kept their schedules so that I could study at night. And you know, it it also I think I had an advantage over my classmates because you know they were a lot of them were looking for. Who am I going to go out with on Friday night? And you know, I didn't have to worry about that. I had you know my beautiful children, and they were all the inspiration that I needed in order to keep going.
0: That makes that that is that makes a lot of sense at that time time in your life. I, we're going to close for today. I thank you so much for being on. But I wanted there's a listener out there who's kind of heard a little bit about your story. And, and and your efforts at you know at ground level um, to provide a little bit of hope for others this holiday season. What if someone who listened would, would like to be able to support you? Would would it be look me up on LinkedIn and I'll talk to you? What if there's someone out there who's like you know what like I, I I would like to support?
1: What oh, that's doing that's that. a a very generous thought. I appreciate that. And yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm I'm on there. My name, Bernadette Catalana. I'm a lawyer at MG&M, the law firm. Um, I'm pretty easy to look up. And just in your message, say, I I heard about uh, We Care New York City and send me a message and I'll let you know what you can do. And and the thing that I would, a final thought is, it's easy to think, well, I'm only one person, What, what difference can I possibly make? But think about it, if you have 10 million people with that thought, that's 10 million people. So you're not just one person, you're one of 10 million people. So we all can do something. And I encourage people to do it. Don't wait till you've hit the, the lottery. Don't wait till you're a millionaire. Do something now because you can make a difference in people's lives.
0: Berta, to you and your family, just a happy holiday season. You know, as a from a large Catholic family, I will say Merry Christmas to you and, and, and your family. And it's funny, we close every show with, and I haven't marketed it, it doesn't come out right, but it's just from the heart. So we say, now go and do something good for someone else. That's the whole purpose of the podcast. So thank you once again so much from the Ranger for Life family and Merry Christmas to you and everyone else out there. Just take some time today to go do something great for someone else. Have a great holiday. Rangers, take away. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed a Morley podcast with Tony May and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at TonyMaine.Podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.